Welcome to a new episode of the Skeptically Inclined Science Podcast. Today we have another guest on the podcast. His name is Professor Ivan Perry. Ivan is a fellow Sligo man, like me and John. Uh, he's the Professor of Public Health and the Dean of the School of Public Health in University College Cork. Um, we talked to Ivan about the pandemic, obesity in Ireland, and the mental health in Ireland as well. So we hope you enjoy it. Thank you for joining us, Professor Ivan Perry. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, could you maybe describe who you are and what do you do and what your current position is? Yeah, sure. I'm um, Ivan Ivan Perry, as you said. I'm 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 head of the School of of uh, Public Health at University uh, College Cork, uh, and um, I've uh, my my original background. I'm I'm from I'm from. Ballymote, kind of Sligo, as you as as you, yeah, you know, a local I, person. I, I went to went to college in in Galway, and I graduated in in um, in medicine back in the in the eighties, and I I worked in in um, hospital hospital medicine for about ten years, and I then became 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 interested in uh, in epidemiology as a science, and, and I did, did a master's in in epi. And then from that, I sort of left clinical medicine and went in. I did a PhD in epidemiology and then subsequently trained as a public health doctor. Although I should add my my research interests are in what we call chronic disease epidemiology. So I've spent my life working on things like um, coronary heart disease and stroke and diabetes. I, I'm not, I hasten to add, an infectious disease epidemiologist, though it would it would seem that everybody in, in, in the country has become an infectious disease. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, epidemiologist in the, 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 the past year. And um, I suppose in, in my current role, I've been working in, in, um, in, in Cork now since, since the, um, since the, the, the late, um, 90s and and, um, and uh, I say our 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 school is a is a fairly large broadly based uh, uh, school of public health with interest mostly in chronic disease epidemiology and and health service research. We have some of our colleagues who 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 also work as public health doctors with the 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 health service in joint posts. Um, at, the, at the start of the pandemic last year, I, I, I did briefly re- return to, to health service work as, as a pu- public health um, uh, doctor. But, but then at a certain point in time, I, I had to return to the day job, as it were. Mm, yeah, great. Uh, yeah, so you have you have a wealth of knowledge in a, like a wide range of areas. Um, and I suppose you've mentioned cardiovascular disease, I think type two diabetes, but you also have um, a lot of work done in like self-harm and, and suicide. Like um, it seems like they're kind of very different, the two areas. Like how did you get involved in in both areas? And um, I, I, suppose, I suppose they're 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 linked by by, I suppose, the application of core epidemiological methods. So um 
epidemiology is, is a set of tools, a, a set of conceptual tools that we use to, to, to study the, the occurrence of, of d disease in, in, in defined populations. So the very same concepts are tools that you'd use to study heart disease and diabetes, um, you, 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 you would use to, to, to study problems like self-harm and su suicide. And you're touching on things like having having a well-defined base population, and using using standard research designs such as as uh, cross-section studies and cohort studies, and so on. And, and so I suppose in my my work on self-harm and suicide, um, we had the good fortune of having in Cork a, a major national centre for research on suicide and self-harm. So so they they came to us for, I suppose, technical advice and support on setting up a national self-harm um, registry. And, and indeed, as, as it happened, although we actually didn't realise it at the time, we were the, the, the first country in the world to set up a national registry of, um, of, of all cases presented to hospital with self-harm, which of course doesn't include all cases of self self-harm. But the, the, the registry has been running out for, for almost uh, two, 20 years and the, the, the methods that were de developed and sort of piloted in, um, in, in, in Ireland have, have been extended to the north of, of Ireland and, and in recent years um, have been adopted by the, the, the World, Health, World Health Organization as a global sur sur surveillance tool in terms of, of monitoring the occurrence of self-harm in different populations worldwide. It seems like there's a lot of people and um, involved in these uh, studies that you are that you are participating in or involved in. So how does this translate, I wonder, to the uh, uh, current status of the public health research in Ireland? Does the uh, does is there enough is there enough being done in your opinion or? Well, or I suppose, in a way, there's there's um, there's never enough. Uh, any scientist, any discipline, will say we need lot, lots more funding and lots more 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 staff and so on. But things have 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 grown very considerably. When I was appointed to my current role back in 1997, I could have counted on the fingers of one hand the number of people who are who had PhDs in um, in in epidemiology. And I, in fact, I, I probably knew most of them. Whereas now, you know, um, the, the the numbers have grown vastly. And I suppose there's a number of things have happened. Uh, for first of all, the the Health Research Board, at a certain point in the early 2000s, when the government decided to in, invest to set up the 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 science Found, the science foundation. Of Ireland, SFI to, to fund bench research, and there was a huge investment in bench bench research. So, so then the the Health Research Board felt that they could then focus on on population health and 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 health services research. And um, we as a as a, we were first of all a department within the med school and our our separate school within the college. But we as a department, we benefited quite a bit from Health Research Board. For, for, funding through um, program and 
project grants to a, a, a doctoral training program in health service research. So I think we were, I suppose, in the fortunate position of growing our department and school at a time when the, the, the funding for the sort of research that we're, that we're interested in, in doing what was also increasing. Now, it's still not at the level we would like, but, but at the same time, you know, um, we have grown. Um, our school, again, that's at the risk of blowing our trumpet, as it were, but, but we're, we're c- c- currently on the, um, on the Shanghai or the Shanghai disciplinary rankings um, where we're in the ranking somewhere in the 100 to 150 um, ranking of schools of public health globally so, so we, 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 we we've kind of and we've gone that that's just in the the past year so we, I suppose we, we, we've grown over two, two decades from a, a department which initially had just about uh, had about three people in it. Uh, to, that's so that we, excellent news. That's that's huge. Right. Congratulations. I it's mean, encouraging. You, yeah, no, and, yeah. And we, we, I've been very lucky. One of the things that you're very fortunate in Ireland in working in academia is that we can hire staff from all over the world, and mm. um, people people like to come and work in in. In Ireland, so if you go into our department, our school at the moment, you know, obviously there's lots of staff from Ireland, but there are staff from from Germany and from France and from and from 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 from, from India and from Canada and the US and so on. And it's it, it's it is not unique to us. I I I, I think it's one of the um, it's one of the ad 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 advantages. Though, though, though I think one of the concerns we have with, without is that I suppose in recent years with the economic recession and downturns that we've had, the overall level of investment in the third level sector in Ireland has fallen relative to other countries. And you see that in our global rankings, you know, um, which are which are, are currently trending downwards and we're less and less able to compete with the the really well-funded universities in Europe and the US and places like like China and and, and so on. So I think that um, you know um, we would have to work hard just to stay stand com- still. stay there. Yeah, but so you've improved a lot, but still more improvement is needed. Yeah. I'm a big proponent of working hard to see the results. <laughs> so uh, I I like to hear. It's nice to hear that, um, Professor. I'd like to move on to uh, the work you've done on obesity in Ireland. And uh, I'd like to open up uh, with the question, like, what is the state of um, of obesity in Ireland currently? Uh, if you could comment on that. Well, we're, we're, we are um, roughly 60% of adults are either overweight or obese. That's based on the most recent National Healthy, 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 Healthy Ireland surveys. And roughly one in five children are either overweight are are obese, and in recent years the situation in in adults has stabilised. It's stabilised at a pretty pretty high level, but that's something. The uh, and the 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 situation in in children has improved marginally, because if if I was talking to you even five or ten years ago, I'd probably said it was closer to um um twenty five percent of of Irish children are either overweight or. Arby's. So there's been a slight downward trend, and we've 
documented this in a number of, of different studies. But what has happened is that the social class gradients in, in obesity, particularly in childhood obesity, have massively widened. Um, we did a, 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 a study back in 2002 involving around 18 or 19,000 children um, in, in, in Ireland, North and, 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 and South. It was part of a national dental survey, but we persuaded the dentist to, to capture data on the kids' height and weight. And at that stage, there was very little evidence of a social gradient. We just had very high levels across the board. And then we, we repeated that study with virtually the same methods in a subsample of about 5,000 kids from the south of Ireland in 2014-15. And a huge social gradient had 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 emerged. So can over, I ask, what do you mean by like social gradient? That that just that the 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 differences in the prevalence, the rates of overweight and obesity, are now very markedly by the by the parents' um, social status, uh, their income, and their their education, and their housing. Depending, you can measure social status in 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 different ways. But it's a huge issue in in public health, the, the extent to which. Um, um, illness and 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 death tr 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 tracks with 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 um, with income and wealth and social status. It's a huge issue in in COVID as well, and we'll be seeing seeing that more and more. Professor, uh, this is just. Um, I'd like to ask another question. Um, how do you measure uh, obesity? Because I know for a long while. Uh, people were mentioning the BMI index, but I think this this technique has uh, flaws uh, within itself. Yeah, there's there's been endless d d d debate and re re reflection on how you you measure B BMI, which is mm -hmm. is this um, um, weight in kilograms over over height in meters squared, or our um, waist circumference or waist hip circumference or waist height ratio or skin fold um thickness and 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 so on and and the 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 thing about measurement whether you're measuring anything is you kind of have to ask what is the what is the, the purpose what is the what is the 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 setting and and, and you have to, to look at do you and there's this there's also a, a and you, you want to be clear is, are you trying to get absolute accuracy or, or, or are you trying to tr 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 track track trends over 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 time? And um, and one of the reasons why the BMI has withstood the test time, it's it's much criticized, you know, Paul Connell and the rugby players have a, would have a, have a high BMI, etc. So BMI is much criticized, but it has a number of, of very positive features. It's simple, you know, with fairly minimal training, you can capture rel reliable data on, 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 on height and, 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 and weight. So, and a measurement that's, that's simple can be well standardized over time. There's, there's no point having a really precise measure that you, you, you cannot, um, st you can't standardize because then you have a huge lot of random with 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 within observer error and a huge amount of noise in in your data so the the, the thing about um so it it lends itself to large scale like like that study of um 
of 18 or 19,000 children, you know, measures of height and weight are easily standardized and, and, and they're cheap and, and so on. So, so, so the, 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 the other um, thing about, about BMI is that it pretty, um, it pr predicts health outcomes pretty well. So in terms of its ability to predict, you know, um, heart disease, diabetes, stroke, and 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 cancer, it's probably not as good as say um, um, waist height um, ratio. And for when you know people's BMI, if you have additional data on their on their um, waist hip ratio, I mean, um, you get some additional prognostic information from that, but. But having, having been in, involved in, in large-scale um, um, st um, studies, th these had, had additional measures are often uh, involve a lot of extra time and trouble and expense relative to the amount of, of additional <laughs> useful data that, that yeah. you get, get from them. Um, yeah, and you've mentioned like obesity as kind of stabilized in adults and kind of in kids. Do you think that the um, policies that kind of government has in, in, uh, implemented, such as like a sugar tax or like this calorie menu labeling, do you think it actually has worked or is it uh, other uh, policies that you think would be more effective? Yeah, it, it's very hard to say because obviously the, the, the incidence and prevalence of Disease of various conditions waxes and wanes over over time, and you can be very hard pressed, um, particularly when 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 it's when when it is when it, when it's happening to say what is the main um, the main driving um, factor. Um, I would would say that that um, it's it's hard to say the it's likely that. The sugar tax will help mm. because there's there's good deal of evidence from other countries. But I but the 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 decline or plateau in childhood obesity had already started yeah, yeah. before the sugar tax. I find as well with that sugar tax is like if I I think that's one thing, but they should really definitely be encouraging healthier eating. And I find like with certain fruits and vegetables, or like just to buy it in a shop. Like I work in a hospital to buy an apple is like kind of becoming nearly a euro sometimes. And like, why is it that they're not encouraging that with price reductions in that way as well? Yeah. And, and it's, um, so in, in a way it's, it's very hard to say because of course these, um, these, um, trends that I'm describing are, are quite slight. So we haven't made any, any sig, sig, significant dent, but I suppose in a way it's good. And, and at a certain point, the, the rates of obesity were probably going to stop rising. Though, though if you look at if, if you look at, at other countries like the 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 US, where I think almost forty five percent of the population are, are obese, never mind or overweight and obese. Um, um, whereas when I say six percent of us are, are either overweight or obese, um, maybe about twenty five twenty five percent of us are obese. So um, it it's been. It's been estimated that there, there, there was a very, very good um, re report done on this by, uh, in fact, Mc, um, um, McKinsey, I think, the management consultancy, did a kind of a good global review of the world's literature. Uh, and um, we actually drew on this report in working on the 
um, Healthy Weight for Ireland, which is the, the, the national obesity strategy, that you, you probably need somewhere between 30 and 40 different interventions, each having fairly small effects, but, but we're all being rolled out. So, so, so things like the calorie menu labeling, the, the sugar taxes, the cycle paths, um, you know, uh, um, uh, certainly improvements in, in labeling, um, just changing some of the, 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 the culture around food, changing some of the, the you know, different policies on the marketing of, of junk food, you know, mandatory work and portion size. So there's literally a whole swathe of, of, of measures. There's, there's kind of no, I, we, we, we d- d- describe, I suppose, obesity as kind of a c- complex, wicked problem. So there's no single yeah. um, magic um, bullet. bullet. Yeah. And can I ask, is society normalizing overweight and obesity now and hindering discussion about achieving healthy weight, a healthy weight? Yeah, no, we, one of the things that you know, we, we, we do, as, as, as we all put on weight, and I'm, I'm no exception to this, unfortunately, um, we, 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 do, we, we do socially and culturally normalise <laughs> um, normalize obesity. We, we fail to see it. Like, we, we, we fail to spot overweight and obesity in our children and, 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 and in ourselves as, you know, Donald O'Shea, you know, who's a national obesity expert, is very fond of saying that if you're a parent, you know, you should be able to see your kids' ribs. Hmm. That's that that's that, that's what a normal, but 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 most of our kids, that's that's no 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 longer the case. And we did a small but interesting piece of research in in the, the early we were involved in in the 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 the, the, the Sloan um, National Health and Lifestyle Study back in 2008, and we 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 looked at how at people's self-reported weight versus their measured weight. Mm. And we then compared people's ab- 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 ability to accurately report a self-related weight in 2008 vis-a-vis two previous surveys that were done in the early 2000s and in the late 90s. And we, we, could, show that, we could show that over that period, people's ab- ability to correctly um, characterize their their own weight had fallen yeah yeah incredible <laughs> so we don't really see it until maybe it's pointed out mm. <laughs> um professor um i was i was obviously looking through your ncbi website uh just looking up the different papers and publications you have and there is just so many of them <laughs> and uh, i wonder for someone who just uh wants to adjust their life to a little bit more health where obviously it would be very hard for them to go through all of this academic uh knowledge uh to kind of improve their life but would you have any recommendation how to um where would be where, where these people should go to source this information and uh, and perhaps how to separate the myths from the facts uh, yeah I- and I suppose in a way, when you, you think about, about what we can do to improve our health and well-being, we, we can we can think, think about this at two, two levels. There's advice for 
individuals that you and I as individuals with some level of agency have to, to, to take on board. And then there's advice at the population level, so the things that the, the government can need to do in terms of taxes and, and cycle paths so on. But in terms of, of advice for for in 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 individuals, there are three or four things for which we have overwhelming um, evidence of very profound um, benefit. And we've published a little bit on this, but it's been published globally, worldwide. So it's not. And so, I suppose, basically, if if you're a, particularly if you're a, even if you're middle aged, say, or even less than middle aged. And if you can, if, if you're s- s- someone who who, um, who who has who has a healthy diet, and I'll come back to what a healthy diet is in a in in, in, in a moment, but 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 a healthy diet defined in terms of um, of let's say of a of a diet quality score so that would be a, a, a diet that's kind of in the the, the upper quartile of a diet, diet quality score which in practical terms means um a slightly healthier than average diet um with with a bit more um fruit and 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 and, and, and veg and fish and healthy oils and salads and less dairy and butter and fat meat and salt and junk and so on in very rough terms so if you've got somebody who's who's got a healthy diet who's who's taking um regular exercise which is kind of a decent um, 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 amount of walking four or five days walking for maybe 45 minutes to one hour um four or five days a week who's um who is who is who is in non non smoker and who um, is a moderate drinker? So, and 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 if you can maintain a healthy weight. So, if 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 you just take 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 those five things like having a healthy weight, healthy diet, regular exercise, and not running marathons, just just out walking every day, um, um, and Moderate, moderate alcohol alcohol intake is, is that, that five. So diet, smoking, exercise, uh, um, alcohol, and 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 a healthy weight. So people who manage to hit all of those those um, five, what you might call protective lifestyle behaviors, have a life expectancy, um, um, which uh, even at age fifty is um close to 12 years longer than 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 people who are hitting none of those factors that's and, amazing and you 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 might think a life expectancy of 12 years increase doesn't seem a lot but it is a lot if we, we could cure every cancer in the morning because cancer is mostly a condition of older people it would probably increase life expectancy overall by six or seven years so there's a there's somewhere between a 12 to 14 year increment in life ex, 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 expectancy and per, per, particularly for, for women, you know, obviously women tend tend to, to live longer than, than men. 
but but if if for 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 women who don't smoke and have a healthy diet and get some exercise, even if the alcohol is fairly marginal, um, it can have a big you know, effect. Huge effects. Yeah, yeah. So it yes. seems like. It isn't that hard, so... <laughs> they, they seem like a, a exceptionally manageable steps to yeah. do. Uh, I yeah, think I'm going to go for a run after. But one of the interesting things is that when you look at, um, at you know, for probably the, um, the, the study that's looked at this in most detail is the, is the, um, the Nurses' Health Study cohort in the US. This is a, a cohort study of 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 of, of over a hundred thousand nurses who've been followed by the School of Public Health in Harvard for several decades now. It's one of these major um, um, cohort studies. And when when you look at the hundred thousand um, nurses, remarkably few nurses are hitting all five of those protective factors. At the other end of the scale, remarkably few are hitting none. So most people are hitting two to three. And that's what we found. We, we, we've done the same data in, in a study of about 10,000 adults in Ireland. Most people are hitting two, two to three rather than... But going from hitting none of these protective factors to hitting all five, the, the effects are very profound in terms of life expectancy and cancer and heart disease, but, but also mental health and well-being. There's emerging evidence that that, um, that a, healthy diet, a healthy diet and lifestyle, and, and just to say a little bit about healthy diet as well, you know, there's, there is a sense that there's a great controversy out there about the, 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 the elements of a healthy diet and that, you know, there are these fads of high fat, low fat, protein, key, ketogenic diets and 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 really it's 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 almost the garbage um the 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 elements of a healthy diet you know, are largely ag- ag- agreed by most people who who um who who work in, in the area and it was very well summarized by by uh, by a guy called michael pollen who's a who's a science journalist in 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 berkeley is he says eat um eat real food mostly plants and not too much and and what he's saying about eat real food he's saying really avoid the highly processed junk you know um and we we, 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 we all know um what what we, what we mean by our, our we use this term ultra processed Food, um, which is typically high in in saturated fat, sometimes high in trans fat, but also high in in sugar and salt. So, really, the the, the elements of a healthy diet are things like um, healthy oils, fish oils, fish, leafy salads, fruit, and 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 veg, and fairly fairly minimal confectionery and so on. Yeah, Professor, thank you for this uh, for this answer. I think we all learned from this um, a lot. But um, I would like to also um, ask again for your opinion. But now I'd like to move on to the uh, um, how the country and responded uh, to the to the pandemic uh, from the uh, from the uh, uh, from your perspective, whether. Whether the the things that were done were they were they right or not so much, you know the 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 whole issue of, of lockdown, how long it 
took place and now the restaurants are being being open is that would does this agree with the public health regulations that you would like to see and uh, i suppose in terms of how we responded to covid there are the, the, the different opinions and yeah and i i always i'm not an infectious to disease um disease expert um though i i i have been a member of um ISAG, the z- 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 what was previously called the zero COVID group, as were, because I suppose I feel that um, that although we we responded initially last year, last March, very well, we we locked down. We literally got to zero COVID, maybe um, last um, last May or June. In fact, we we were doing a national s- survey. With, uh, which is funded by the Health Research Board, and we had Ipsos MRBI serving thousands of households last May and June. And we were asking about people's compliance with the lockdown. We were also looking to see if anybody had symptoms or if there's anybody out there with COVID. And by last May or June, no one had symptoms. It had, it had literally disappeared. So we, we, we had achieved... Um, elimination, not eradication. E- eradication is like um, smallpox. You know, uh, you get it off the bit. That that's never that's that's not really an option. But when we say e- um, elimination, we're talking about getting um, um, we're getting you're getting transmission of the virus within the com- 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 community down to virtually zero to the point that it can be easily managed. So that's. That's really what we're trying. So we'd, we'd reached e- 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 elimination last um, maybe May or June. Then the the pandemic was reseeded as we opened up travel and and we had a we imported as we all know now a, a variant from from Spain. Well, for Spain last summer, then we kind of carried on as if everything was okay, and you could just see the figures tracking up and it was perfectly uh, obvious that we w- would have, have have a second peak in the autumn and then of course um we can we, we just opened up we sort of pretended that we're not an island and and that you know there was some intractable problem with the north of Ireland that the border couldn't be controlled that you know it would bring down the anglo-irish ag- 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 agreement crashing down around our ears even if we attempted to control the border, even though we were looking at countries like, like Australia, which managed to control the borders between their separate territories, which previously hadn't even functioned as as a as a, a, a border, but we just decided we're going to pretend we're not an island. We're going to f- forego any advantage that we might get from being an island. And so we decided we just keep keep the country open, and I suppose we've kind of so we, and we had a policy of living with the 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 virus as opposed to going for um, ag, 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 what you might call ag, 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 aggressive sub 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 with it with a target of zero, and and coupled with that, then we had a, a vastly neglected and underfunded, under-resourced public health medicine system, uh, and that's always been slightly addressed in the in the interim. But that 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 that's still a, 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 an issue. So, in in some way, in answer to what you're saying, um, no one can say, 
you know, what would have happened if we'd done things differently? Because this is a nasty virus that has lots of tricks up its, 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 its sleeve. And in many respects, we did quite well. But um, I think we, we, we made a bad mistake coming up to Christmas and, 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 and um, at the moment we're, um, we're, we're taking a cal calculated risk that the um, Delta variant, which is now the, the dominant variant in the, U in the UK, and is rising week by week in the UK. We're taking a, a, a calculated risk that 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 won't um, spread to to Ireland and put 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 potentially see a very significant wave of infection in the significant tranche of middle-aged and, and younger um, adults and young people who aren't yet vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. It just all. I always would it be very difficult though because we don't control the bo our own borders so it would have been always difficult do you not think for the the zero co zero covid yeah. policy it was it, it was it, it was never going to be perfect but the thing is we, we kind of can't make the, the perfect the the the, the 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 enemy of the good mm. and, and 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 you know con, con, controlling outbreaks of infectious disease often depend on a number of measures, each of which is is imperfect, but which which to, 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 which applied to, to together can can still pr pr provide pr 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 can 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 still be effective. So you know we had the we, we had obviously the um the the hand washing and the ventilation and the the physical distancing and the the the, the travel re, 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 restrictions and combined because even with the imperfect mandatory hotel quarantine we seem to have managed to stop the the p1 variant from coming in yeah and and it's kind of about um taking measures that will keep the number of cases at the level that the local public health departments can really get on on uh top of them yeah and like what lessons have we learned from a from a public health point of view that we should be taking to uh, account for the future pandemic and do you think nations and society will remember this these lessons when we do encounter it yeah no, i i think that's i suppose we, we we've learned we've learned many lessons um uh, i suppose one of the issues is that this this pandemic was kind of long overdue Mm, yeah. And you know, everybody like in in every lecture that that I've given on public health, you know, the, the first lecture you give to a class of public health, and you probably start. What are the major public health issues that 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 loom? And the bottom of every slide, for last, and this is like uh, this is not my unique insight, yeah. but we were saying the bottom of every in every lecture we were saying for the last ten or twenty years. It's only a matter of time until we have a global flu pandemic. So that's yeah. what we, we 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 expect. And we had a, a near miss with swine flu in 2008. So in a way, the uh, we didn't expect a coronavirus. But I think what we've learned is we can take our public health infrastructure for granted. Mm. It needs to be maintained and further deep. Developed because on 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 unfortunately the coronavirus is not is is not going is not going anywhere. 
uh, soon. Um, probably the best case scenario that we can that we're, we can look forward to, if that's the word, is that the virus will probably become endemic and that there'll be a kind of a, a core of, of, of transmission and we'll get local outbreaks. Um, we'll have to have recurrent um, vaccines every year, and the uptake of the vaccine will 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 will, will fall. Um, the the issue of foreign travel. I mean, the, there's a whole, um, if you like, global public health catastrophe unfolding in the failure to offer um, vaccines, even to even to healthcare staff in countries like India and 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 several huge surges now in countries in Africa this week. So, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be dealing with this, this virus for quite some time. Mm. So I, so I think, you know, building up our public health infrastructure. Um, when, when we um, developed one of the things that we did developed as a school or as a then department, we back in, back in the year 2000, we decided that we would introduce a four-year BBSC in public health sciences. And the, the first students came in. It, it took us four years to get the university to ag- agree to have an undergraduate mm. program in public health. Because people were saying, what would what would these graduates do? There's no work for them. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, so I think that that it's... Um, whereas now at least... We understand, like the when we talk about the public health infrastructure, it's mostly people, people with skills in um, epidemiology, st- st- statistics in, in infectious disease con- con- control, uh, and so people who can work with with other scientists like virologists and and Im- immunologists and clinicians and so on. So I think. We, we will have to, um, you know, co- to continue to in, in invest in and main, maintain that infrastructure. Yeah, it's annoying that you have to, like, justify your existence. And now it's like, real, it took a pandemic to make people realize. Um, yeah. yeah. Professor- and, and, and you see, one of the one of the issues is that when public health is working really, really well, it know. becomes invisible. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Professor. On the last episode, we had a uh, we had uh, Doctor Alex Garanto, and he works in the RNA based uh, therapeutics development. And although he doesn't, he didn't have anything to do with the uh, with the development of the vaccines. He said that he already noticed that people, when they hear that you work in the uh, in the RNA field, they are like they are more happy to give money via grants and stuff like that because it's such a hype topic right now thanks to the COVID-19. Do you think that something similar will happen uh, to the public health field where um, because it has to be so appreciated uh, there'll be easier yeah. to get to get grants to, 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 to perform research studies and such? It'll be easier. It'll, it'll be easier a bit and certainly funding for public health will improve. But public health will never um, com- compete with vaccine technology because it's just not as sexy and interesting it's not as concrete <laughs> yeah it's, it's just not people like to invest you know with and of, course we, we, and of course we kind of need to in 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 in, in invest in in vaccines so i'm i'm all proper that um but but in a way but, 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 things like 
Well, when you're talking about in, investing in the public health infrastructure, you're investing in things like having a unique health Id identifier that everybody in the country would would have would have a unique health 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 identifier. That's not the sort of thing that gets people's hearts racing. But if if you're trying to, you know, implement a coherent public health control strategy, or even to roll out a vaccination program, if everybody in in the country had a single um <laughs> um um HHSE, our, our health service number, that would just make a huge difference. And, and, and if we could link link yeah. people to, to data across different IT systems and over time, that sort of thing is, is hugely powerful, particularly now with sort of um, big data and our increasing capacity to in, interrogate large data sets. So, so I think that there will be an investment in in public health, data science, epidemiology, health service research, but it's, it's never going to compete with RNA vaccines, no. or, or indeed with with the, with drugs and therapeutics yeah. for the for the infection itself. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and then so maybe just on going on to our last topic, then um, mental health, and uh, we just have a couple of questions on that. Um, one thing in relation to the the pandemic, and it was interesting. The Central Statistics Office actually recently reported that suicides actually have dropped during the pandemic. Like, what do you make of this, um, and how do you think yeah. it's affected mental health overall? Yeah, that 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 is a very very interesting question, and what one of my co colleagues, P Professor L. Arnsman, who's just been appointed, is a psychologist, and she's she's just been appointed a professor of of public mental health in in our, our school. I think she's the first prof of public mental health to be appointed in in Ireland. And you know, we're very excited by her appointment because this is the sort of stuff she she works on. And so, so I, I'm not maybe the best qualified okay. comment, but I think that there's a number of things that that, that are happening here. Um, I think that um, um, sometimes during times of national crisis, and and say during um, say World War Two or so on, or times when the people pull together for solidarity and so on. Um, that that the, the, you 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 can observe um, you you can observe falls in in the instance of suicide. In fact, it's kind of often when when the country is exuberant and and everybody feels that life is returned to normal, that people who are feeling low and anxious and de de depressed feel more cut off. And, and so on. Whereas if we're, if we're all feeling a bit yeah. low and, and anxious and de de depressed, um, there may be some paradoxical e e e effect yeah. going on there. So that that's one possible possible ex 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 explanation. Then with some of the data on self harm, of course, is that the attendance to hospitals hospitals have have fallen. So that would would impact on the the reporting of self harm. Yeah, but having said that, there there isn't any doubt that overall levels of um, of anxiety and 
and worry and deep, 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 deep depression, you know, and possibly um, intimate partner violence, some evidence that I, so these mental health social issues have worsened yeah. over the past year. Yeah. And do, can I ask as well, like, do you think with this next generation, do you think that the internet has helped those who suffer from mental health and those who self-harm? Um, or do you think it actually has made it worse? Um, it's very hard to say. It's it's pr- pr- probably a twin-edged sword. Uh, I think you know, um, the uh, social um, media, it, it, there's a sense of being sort of always on once when people get into s- s- social media and there's a sense of, of comparing oneself with 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 yeah. with um, others. Um, I've only started using Twitter in the past year because it's helped me keep in touch of keep on top of the COVID um, sort of data because it's, it's Twitter is very useful. It has its some uses, aspects, <laughs> um, but um, to to be to be to be honest, um, I quite happily leave t- Twitter to, to its own d- d- devices, and I th- I would hate to be in a position where I felt I had to be on Twitter every day. So th- there are clearly elements of social media that that, that, that are probably in, in injurious to mental health and well-being, particularly in children and and in um, in adolescents. But then on the 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 the, the other hand, there are just some in, incredible resources, including mental health resources on on, on on the the web as well. But 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 I suppose you kind of like to, to think, um, and again, this is probably just reflecting my age and so on. So it probably makes me sound as ancient as I actually am. But but so sometimes when you're walking around and you see you see kids in their their teens, maybe um, sitting together with their heads all st- stuck in in phones, and or, or even you you you're in a restaurant sometimes and you yeah. not that we've been doing much of that and you see people at the table just with their head heads in into their mobile phones there's something kind of sad and and miserable about that that um yeah. you know that that maybe we're not being um engaging um, we're, we're living in the being, present <laughs> we weren't we weren't we were not living in the present and we were not being i, I suppose put under some bit of pressure to draw on our own inner resources yeah no i think you're not the only one i think we all agree here but like that's uh yeah it's just something i i kind of do worry about the next generation i suppose i'm kind of i'm still a millennial um just about but i just feel like uh the way that social media is now and how it engages young people it's 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 just so worrying i find like it is addictive this, and their 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 feedback is to get um their likes and all this feedback. Yeah, it's yeah, just going to inf- right. will we ever really know what the effect is until they grow up? Like, yeah, and 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 you see, social media is part of a wider phenomenon where where kind of news and, and science and coming is being turned into infotainment. So like you've got news channels. Um, that are increasingly polarized because we're um, they're they're playing for clicks and for re- re- return visits. I mean that's reached an extreme extent in the 
in the US where it seemed to be people in different tribes almost. Um, but I think, and maybe we're, we're still, we haven't quite reached that, that, that stage in, in, in Europe, but we're probably not going to be too far behind because there's something very um, alluring about having your, your prejudices reinforced. Yeah. So you kind of keep clicking on stuff that that tells you stuff that you 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 already b- 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 believe, and so I think that's the, the there is there is yeah. a worry there, um, Professor. I um, I was just thinking <clears throat> when you study um, the self harm or the suicides. I kind of think about it the same way I think about anemia. That is, anemia is not a, a disease; it's just a symptom of some underlying disease. So, when you study like exactly the self harm and the suicides, do you look at it from the context of what is the underlying dis- uh, condition for that for that patient, or how, like, how do you study yeah, you see, this? You 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 come at at self harm from different angles, okay, and and no one has a complete view of the, the thing. Uh-huh. So I think so. So as a as a public health scientist, we're I suppose looking at some of the um, the social and and, and environmental de, de, determinants of self harm. So, for instance, there's a huge amount of of evidence that say um, say that say um, self harm and su- suicide, particularly th- th- these acts are, are often highly impulsive and the and, and, and environment that people live in if people have 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 access to, to means to lethal methods that the, the risk of self-harm is marked increased like for instance from a public health perspective if you are working in the US the single most effective anti-suicide measure that would dwarf anything else you could do would be effective gun control, mm. because because you know even though we we sort of hear of the the horrific um, number of homicides in the U.S. from guns, but the the rates of suicide from guns in the U.S. are even higher, and they directly correlate with with access. So similarly, here in um, in in um, Ireland, we've done some work with our colleagues in the Suicide Research Foundation, looking at at access to certain drugs um, mm-hmm. that that are that people can 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 buy over the counter. And when you limit access to, to those drugs, you see falls in people coming to hospital presenting with self harm. But I would still, but so we're coming at self harm from a social and an environmental perspective. But we uh, clearly, other people need to come at it from a psychological and from a clinical perspective. Because many people who present with self harm, you know, in in some cases they they have a a clinical syndrome, uh, their Mm -hmm. clinical severe depression or anxiety, and they, they 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 need treatment with 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 obviously antidepressants and skilled uh, counselling and psychotherapy and and, and and so on. So self-harm, and then there's um, there's there the, the there's the, the 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 issue of what's called borderline personality disorder is a huge issue in self-harm. Now I know very little about that condition, but obviously um, there are 
people who present with self-harm need to be seen and assessed by a multidisciplinary team. So the work that we do is just coming at it, you know, from the, the population angle. Yeah, th- th- thank you for that, because I, I knew when I was thinking about it, I knew that I'm missing something in the way I was understanding this. So uh, th- thank you for uh, explaining this to me. Uh, at, right now, I think I'm just going to bring us to a second last question. And um, the discussion around mental health has destigmatized and helped a lot of people. However, do you think that in the last year there are cases where it has been appropriated by people who don't fully understand the mental health problem? And by saying that, I refer to these things where, say, open the gyms for mental health. It's like a very general statement. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's one of the... I mean, people have been... I mean, I suppose... There isn't any doubt that the, that the lockdown has increased mental strain. But, but 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 unfortunately, people who've been saying open the, the gyms or open the, the pubs for mental health reasons, they're typically coming from a com- commercial lobbying perspective. And, it, and again, I have, I I understand I come from a, a, a business background myself. So I understand if you're running a business, you know, you're going to 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 lobby to, ha- to have that business opened. And it seems a perfectly reasonable argument to, to make that people's mental health is, is suffering. So, but, but, and, but I think, I think that sort of overall, it's kind of good to see mental health being destigmatized. You know, you, you, you saw there in the, in the French Open to, 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 to tennis last week, the world number two player saying, look, I can't deal with the media at the moment. I, I have mental health issues and, um, that and she's 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 obviously you know you don't become um, world number two in t- tennis without being an incredible individual and having huge levels of skill and grit and yeah. endurance and, and so on and somebody that's worthy of 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 our respect and and admiration. So I think. It's uh, that's just one person that comes to mind. It's it's really, uh, it's really good that people uh, who are esteemed in that we are willing to come out and say, well, just because I'm the second best or amongst the best tennis players in the world doesn't mean that I'm 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 immune from mental health issues. I, I think that is helpful. Or even the the discussion over the weekend or recent weeks that Sinead O'Connor has in relation to her recent memoir, she's quite open about her mental health issues and we, we, we don't think the the less of her for that. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah interesting. Um, yeah, and I think the final question is then, uh, what like what advice would you give to people that are interested in public health? How would they find out more? Um, and what advice would you give people? Um, I suppose... Um, a number of things. I, I would say, at the risk of uh, propaganda, I, I, I would yeah, say con- 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 consider doing an 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 undergraduate course in public health, including our course, and and are if and are con- consider doing a master's in public health because again we and other 
other schools like in UCD, there's an excellent master's in public health in in, in, in Dublin and there's, a, there's an excellent master's in health promotion in Galway and again a huge regard for all these programmes. So I think that often what we find is that people come into public health at master's level when they've they've done maybe a primary degree in in psych psych psychology or in nutrition or sometimes even in in obviously medicine dentistry also in disciplines like genetics people often decide well maybe bench science is not for them so they they can switch so so i suppose the the entry point uh, for a career in public health is to complete a master's and 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 then to i suppose pick an 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 area of 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 interest and an an area that you feel passionate about because there's there's a huge number of there are people who spend their entire careers in public health just focused on smoking but for somebody who spends their their entire career focused on that at the at the end of the career if you've been an effective public health practitioner, you've probably saved tens of thousands of of lives, and are pre- pre- you've prevented to tens and to thousands of premature deaths. One of my best, one of my friends and colleagues in public health is a is a, is, a, is a public health doctor in Loud, uh, Doctor Fenton Howell, and Fenton has spent his entire career really obsessed with the public health issue of smoking. He was one of the people that was behind the workplace smoking ban in in Ireland back in the early 2000s. But the rates of smoking in in, in Ireland, you know, have fallen dramatically in, in recent decades. So you can, so somebody like Fenton can look back at his work and say that what I've been doing for the last 20 years with a high probability has prevented you know thousands of deaths yeah none of these people will will will, will come and thank me first but that's that's that's, that's fine yeah yeah professor uh but you had uh, some of your own uh input into the smoking ban studies i think you had a paper from 2005 in the british medical journal showing exactly how much that smoking ban improved the uh uh, improved the, um... the 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 the, uh, the, uh, the health of the health of our staff. Yeah, and again, that that's an, an, an example of a paper, and it's the same in 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 all scientific disciplines. That was based on col- 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 collaboration between ourselves and colleagues in Trinity and in a number of other universities. So so again, it was a nice example of a nationally col- col- collaborative. Um, study and in and in in a in a further paper, it was possible to show using a, a an an acute coronary syndrome register that that the rates of admissions to hospital with heart attacks fell in in the weeks and months after the the the, the yeah. introduction of the of the the smoking ban. Yeah. Wow, it's such a it was such a good uh, public health initiative that is now worldwide recognized so it's great uh congrats on that brilliant uh well, policy my role you know and, in that i have to be honest was pretty small but obviously as a public I, i'm i'm very in, enthusiastic about it yeah and this is the final question actually we do this kind of uh as a tradition for our guests 
uh, speaking as you were on about your paper what what was your favorite paper that you've ever published um uh that you really proud of um probably this is a curious thing to say but probably the second or third paper that I ever published. Oh, so early in your career. Is is is, is one that I that that, that I feel very uh, very um, pr- proud of. It kind of wasn't by any manner of means a great paper, but it was novel. It was a paper reporting a very simple ecological analysis. In fact, it was it was done as a as part of my master's in in Epi. It was an an assignment that I worked on from my master's in epi that I turned into paper, where essentially I just got routine data and looked across Europe at dietary salt intake in different populations across um, Europe and correlated that with um, stroke mortality. And, And in that paper, I hypothesized that that salt might exert an 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 effect on the, the risk of dying from a stroke that was independent of the effect of salt on blood pressure mm. and in um subsequent analysis in lab, 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 laboratory studies of rats that that was demonstrated to be the case in 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 rats and 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 in a subsequent cohort um study it was shown in where people were followed for you know thousands were followed for a decade or more it was shown that you could um d- discern an effect of salt on stroke that wasn't entirely mediated via the well-known effects of salt intake on um, on <laughs> on Blood pressure. So I suppose I'm reasonably proud of that paper, in that it was um, it was a fairly simple paper. Um, my then head of department, when he first saw it, he thought it was complete rubbish. Oh, no. And and uh, which is kind of always a, a good sign. If 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 someone t- t- tells you your your paper is complete rubbish, it's it, it can sometimes be the case that it is rubbish, but it can <laughs> it, it it can sometimes be be the case that your 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 onto something and and and, and, and I think that's that, that that was the the, the case in, in relation yeah. to to that paper yeah. yeah it's so cool that you you remember one of your first papers as one of the the one that comes to mind uh, when you think about your favorite one that's uh, that's pretty yeah. cool yeah and I, I suppose it's 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 partially because I have such happy memories of my then head of department who even though he described the paper as rubbish subsequently when he when he came on side joined me as as a co-author oh. and, and it and it probably wouldn't have been published if he hadn't joined me as a co-author because he was a he was a very uh, respected um scientist and i think probably helped us along yeah and and, and that was during your master's studies in london uh yeah. was it yeah. oh, okay yeah yeah, yeah. That's right. Very satisfying. Um, yeah, so I think that was that was their uh, that was our interview. Um, thanks again for uh, 
for joining us on this uh, the podcast um it was a really good discussion and we really appreciate you coming on and uh yeah uh thanks again no not at all i'm 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 very pleased to have, to have been 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 asked to part, 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 participate and good good luck with the, the with with the work i i i hope you enjoy your break during the summer and then you're you're back in the autumn with, yeah with, with back again yeah yeah, yeah. podcast and so th- thank you that was Professor Ivan Perry, uh, Dean of the School of Public Health in University College Cork. I hope you enjoyed their discussion. Uh, and again, we thank you, Dr. Ivan Perry, for coming on. Um, next episode is going to be our last for the summer. Uh, we're going to take a little break. So hope you can join us then. We're going to have a, a reflection of our year in the whole podcast. So it's going to be really fun. want to make it really entertaining and uh funny hopefully you enjoy it uh anything else you want to add for the final episode tom um not really thank you for uh, sticking with us for so long yeah uh, yeah and stay skeptical stay skeptical guys and catch you on the next one bye